This is a sermon podcast from Ashland First United Methodist Church in Ashland, Oregon. Visit us online at ashlandmethodist.org for more sermons like this, church information, and how to get involved. Ashland Methodist, a community of open hearts, open minds, and open doors. The search for the Holy Grail has captured people's imagination for centuries. And it continues to intrigue us in this generation as well. With such popular uh, and sometimes irreverent, uh, irrelevant, no, not reverent. (laughs) Monty Python. Search for the Holy Grail. There was Indiana Jones's adventure, The Last Crusade, and there was the mystery, The Da Vinci Code. The quest for the Holy Grail has become a kind of a metaphor, a way of of talking about rewards, whether eternal, whether it's truth, whether it's fulfillment. But the quest has always been a part of this human history. It started long before Jesus' last supper. It was the explorer's search for adventure. The emperor's dream of a kingdom. The mystic's pilgrimage. The general's mission and victory. The moralist crusade. The scientist so search for truth. All were seen as the dream, an image, something more perfect, something that would somehow be a way of completing themselves. So today we meet a young man who is honestly searching for something. Story comes from Matthew, it's the 19th chapter, and we begin our, our reading with verse 16. Then someone came to Jesus and said, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Now this man is young man is on a quest, and he couches his his goal as looking for eternal life. He wants the secret, the magic word, maybe the brave deed or the spiritual formula that would further his success in finding what he was looking for. Jesus seems to have little patience for this this man. He tends to uh, be pushing him aside perhaps assuming that this, this is one other person that's looking for some celestial answer to a test. Jesus says, Why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who's good. If you wish it to enter into life, keep the commandments. You see, Jesus gives this man the standard answer. Obey the commandments. But the young man persists. 
Which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, shall not commit adultery, you should not steal, you should not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and also you should, lo you should love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus responds with the kind of summation of the Ten Commandments and adds on the golden rule for a little added insurance. But the young man still is not dissuaded. He persists in his questions. Listen, I have kept all of these. What do I still lack? With that response, the whole conversation takes on a different kind of tone. The Gospel of Mark also tells the story, and in that story, uh, Mark says, Jesus loved him. Jesus hears that this young man is serious. He's really trying to follow the commandments. He still feels that something is missing in his life. And that shows a much deeper search or a much deeper spiritual quest. And it brings a deeper and more difficult response as Jesus talks to him. Jesus said to him, if you wish to be perfect, go and sell your possessions. Give the money to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. The young man's question is, what do I still lack? And Jesus' response is, if you wish to be perfect, there are three things. Sell what you have, give the proceeds to the poor, and follow me. To be perfect, nothing, nothing can be more important than God. When you have left all the wealth of the world behind, then you may find fulfillment, find what it means to be whole. But the young man is downcast. Continuing on with verse 22. When the young man heard this word, he went away grieving. He had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were astounded. And they said, then who can be saved? And we all would ask, echo the disciples' amazement. Who then can be saved? And this response is coming 
from those that have given up everything in order to follow Jesus. And it seems even too hard for them. But remember what Jesus said. If you wish to be perfect, God must be the most important thing in your life. And we've heard that that's said in many ways. Love God with your whole heart, soul, strength, mind. God needs to be first. Jesus adds to that, and love your neighbor as yourself. But the truth is that uh, few of us, maybe with one exception, no, that's not right. <laughs> few of us are perfect. And I dare say that uh, few of us even really quest for, for perfection. Perfection seems far beyond our ability, so it's kind of a non-issue for most of us. Except, of course, in arguments with your spouse, you might want to pull it out then, or uh, maybe if you're trying to make a real point with your, uh, with your teenage uh, child. <clears throat> but, but then. But it doesn't work very well. That's when it's with the child or anybody else, when we, when we simply put our relationship on the basis of what we can get from them. It's a relationship in, in name only and certainly not one based on personal respect. The second truth is the more we have more we believe that we can handle whatever comes along ourselves. That's what Jesus' dramatic illustration about the camel going through the eye of the needle is all about. Scholars believe that this is a reference to a small door that was in the most city walls. And essentially it was meant that when the city at night or was in peril, they would shut the big doors and bar them, and the only access to the city would be through a small door designed just for one person. You can see how easily it could then be guarded. And while it might be possible to get a camel to go through the door, it wouldn't be easy. To begin with, everything that they, that the uh, a uh, camel was carrying would need to be stripped off of it. It would need to be without anything that it was carrying. And then the camel would need to be kneeling down so it would literally crawl through that doorway. Well, I don't know much about camels, but I have had a few horses through the years. And... Uh, I can tell you that uh, I had an old mare that periodically would end up in a pasture next to the one that I had put her in. Now, <laughs> the the fence was good; it was electrified, and you know, and 
But it's the only the only explanation I had for how she ended up in that 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 pasture was that she jumped the fence. And then one of the neighbors came along and said, uh, "You wouldn't believe what your horse did." <laughs> Said, if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I wouldn't believe it. She got down on her belly and crawled under the hot wire, which is only about 18 inches high. And she'd get into the next pasture. So, so maybe it's possible for a camel to get through the eye of a needle. Jesus was really saying that wealth came... Wealth can, can, can come, but it can also be an unnecessary burden. Wealth is a burden when it leads us to the assumption that we are self-sufficient. We can do it by ourselves. Or we can pay somebody to do it. Wealth is a burden when it leads to assumptions that everything and everybody has a price everything can be purchased wealth becomes a burden when it leads to selfishness that cuts us off from others and isolates us and wealth becomes a necessary an unnecessary burden when we choose to stay outside where it is dangerous rather than leaving our wealth behind. And that brings us back to the two questions that, that are raised in this morning's lesson. First, the young man's question. What must I do? And then the disciples' question. Who then can be saved? We are not, nor are we likely to become perfect. Are we then destined, like that young man, to walk away unhappy and feeling very disappointed because we're not being included? For what can, what can we do that would be enough is the second one. Who will be saved? But the answer is not in our hands. The answer is really at the end of the story. Listen to this. But Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but for God all things are possible. The good news is, in the end, it's not up to us what we do, who we are, what we need, what we've done. In the end, it's what God can do. And we believe, we dare to believe, that God will. Will do what we need. All we can do is our best and then trust in God to have faith that God's grace will be enough. 
Amen.